In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Thawut, and today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 10. And in this Gospel, a lawyer comes to the Lord and asks the Lord a very good question. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord said, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And the Lord told the lawyer, you have answered rightly, do this, just do that. If you can do that, then you will live. You will live. Today I want to dig into what it means to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind. And today I want to cover six ideas with you to test ourselves. Do we really love God? Do we really love God? The first one is, if we love God, then we will hate the world. Hate the world. Look at what St. John says. He says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If the love of the Father is not in him. You can't love the world and love God. They're incompatible. You can't be married to both. You can't have two wives. That's hard. Any one is hard. Two is not impossible. That's why the Lord said, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't love both. You have to choose one. St. Timothy in his epistle, or uh, St. Paul, in his epistle to St. Second Timothy, he said something that I think is very relevant for this time. He said, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, where men, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, Unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but, but denying its power, from such people turn away. And I'm worried that if you look at many of the criticisms that St. Paul had for the people, is that they started to become lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They started to love the world more than to love, to love God. And we too, we can be lovers of money when we, we, because money brings nice things, so we become slave of nice things. We become unloving, we become cold-hearted. We become lovers of pleasure, that's lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of dopamine addiction, and we just lovers of whatever gives us a rush to our brain. This is against the love of God. That's why I love the Pauline epistle today. It said, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
Are you a soldier of Jesus Christ? And then St. Paul says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. So if you're a soldier, you don't get entangled with the things of this world. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So the first one, to love God is... You have to hate the world. The second one is that a person who loves God recognizes their sins. If we recognize our sins, then we will love God. Because what God has done for our sins. And a person who really loves God recognizes how big their sins are. Like, you remember the story of the sinful woman who washed the feet of the Lord Christ? He told her a parable. He said there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, another 50. And when they had nothing for which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? That's a question. Which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have... Rightly judged. And then he said this end part. Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So if God, if you don't feel the forgiveness of God in your life, then you will love God just a little. But if you feel that God has given you grace and forgiven your sins and done something amazing for you, He's taken away your burden of sin, then you will love God. You will, you will love God. Yani, I was like, I've been here, I heard something very nice. It was like, if every sin was one pound, if every sin was one pound, and you carried all the weight of your sin day in and day out, you would get sick of your sin. You would get sick of it. No one can withstand that weight constantly on them. And the person who took away that weight, you would love them. Who helped you carry and take away that burden, you would love them. That is what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. The third characteristic of someone who loves God is someone who loves the presence of God. Someone who loves the presence of God. King David. I I love King David. King David, he loved the presence of God. He loved it. And that's why he could write in the Psalms. Like I was thinking about what kind of person would write the Psalms the way like King David did. Like would you have the emotions, the feeling to say things like this. Lord, I love the habitation of your house. And the place where your glory dwells. Like, has that thought ever come to you? Like, I love this place. Like, I love the habitation of your house. This is someone who really loves God. He loves the habitation of of the house. He loves to be in the presence of God. Like, look at this one. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in His temple. What kind of person would utter these words? Someone who really, like, loves God. And the last one. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord, God of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the house 
for the courts of the Lord. I feel that these, like, these things show how much David loved the presence of God. And he liked the being in the presence. He liked being in the tabernacle, tabernacle, not because it had gold and nice things in it. He loved the presence of God that was in the tabernacle. In college, I had this poster in my, in my dorm room. And it was the wisdom from Einstein. And one of the quotes on it, it said, In our sitting with a pretty girl on a park bench passes like a minute. But a minute sitting on a hot stove seems like an hour. The idea here is that if you enjoy the presence of God, it, like, you could stay forever. But if you don't enjoy the presence of God, just like one minute will seem like an hour. Everything will seem like a drag. The people who love God love to be in His presence. And anybody who has liked someone knows this to be true. They can't wait to receive a phone call from someone that they like. They're so excited to talk to them. They stay up all night. They do all this thing. And they push and they stay, keep visual waiting for someone. Oh, I'm going to wait for someone to call me. And this is what love does. It makes us crazy to do things online. So that is what... Like, if we love God, we will love His presence. We will love His presence. I think our attitude toward prayer would change. Prayer would not be something so boring. Like, our prayer should have, like, emotion, should have passion. We should have a heart for, for prayer. So, the person who loves God, loves the presence of God. Whenever we stand in your holy sanctuary, we are considered standing in heaven. Do you love the presence of God? Do you love standing in heaven? Someone who loves God loves the presence of God. Someone who loves God keeps the commandments. Someone who loves God keeps the commandments. Look at what St. John says. He said, for this is the love of God. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. Listen, if I feel the commandments of God are a burden, then maybe this is an indication that I don't love God fully. And we know that, like, let me give you an example of the commandments being burdensome, is that if I told you no one do heroin here, I command you not to do heroin, that wouldn't be a burden for you. Would that be a burden for you if I said don't do heroin? It wouldn't be a burden because you have no desire to do heroin. Like heroin does like something crazy beyond your desire. It, you have no inkling, not, not even one emotion. Like to think like, like I want to touch it. I just want to smell it a little bit. No, like none of like you don't. You don't want anything to do with it. And so that commandment becomes not burdensome to you. But if your heart like, has desire for some things, then the commandments start to become more burdensome. They become more burdensome. Like, for instance, my purity or other drugs or alcohol. Those become more burdensome because I like alcohol. I like the other drugs. I like sin. I like watching inappropriate things. And so when the church says, don't do those things, then it's like, mm, 
I don't like the church. Why is the church telling me to do these things? Why is the church? Because the commandments now have become burden. Our Lord Jesus Christ never wanted to become a burden. He said, my burden is light. My burden is light. So, the more the love of God penetrates my heart, the more the other things of this world become meaningless. And then, then we can say with St. Paul, all things have become as rubbish to me. I want us to like view the commandments like David again. We won't read. I have several of the Psalms from David. He said, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Do you see the commandments of God as perfect? Do you see the commandments as a light to your feet? As God is trying to protect you, God is trying to guide you, God is trying to give what is best for you. Or do you see the commandments in the church as just authoritative and we just don't want anybody to have fun, everyone? Then, like, where is the love of God? David, he loves the law. He says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. This is how valuable the law is for us. A person who loves God, number five, loves his brother. Loves his brother. Again, St. John, he says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For, how, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And the reality is, is that we don't love our brother. Because how can we love our brother? Shabab, Andana. How can you love your brother and then gossip about your brother? How can you love your brother and then neglect your brother? How can you love your brother and then try to exclude your brother? How can you love your brother and then put down your brother? That's hatred. That's evil. And the love of God cannot abide in someone who is full of hatred. Main fash. It doesn't work that way. I want us to realize that our words are very hurtful. And so we need to be careful with our words, the words that we say. This week we were studying in Acts chapter 14 how St. Paul was stoned. And how St. Paul was stoned almost to death, like to death. And some believe he, he died. And St. John Chrysostom writes about this stoning and says, Believe me, what Paul endured may pale in comparison to what we might have to endure now. Can you imagine? St. John Chrysostom saying is the stoning of St. Paul... That was bad, but what we have to do might be even worse. What is worse? He says, Paul was physically wounded with stones, but there are wounds inflicted with words that can be even more painful than stones. There are words that you say that can be more hurtful than stones. You might say, Abuna, I don't like this person. This person has a different personality than me. Or I don't want to talk to them or whatever. I would say to you what the Lord Jesus Christ said. If you love those who love you, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not tax collectors do the same? 
And if you greet your brethren only, if you only say hi to the ones you like and you just... Nah. What do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do the same? The one who loves God, he loves his... He loves his brother. He loves his brother. That's why I love what St. John Chrysostom said. He said, after someone has thrown stones at you, thrown words at you, broken you with their words... St. St. John Chrysostom said, we need to be like St. Paul. After St. Paul was stoned and left for dead, the apostles gathered together, they prayed on him, he got up and he went right back into the city to preach. And St. John Chrysostom says, follow St. Paul's example. He didn't harbor hatred for those who stoned him. After being dragged out of their city, he returned to be a benefactor to those who had wronged him. If you endure insult and wrongs without resentment, you too have experienced a form of stoning. And a splendid victory is the ability to show love and goodwill even to those who mistreat you. So, if you love God, you will love your, your brother. And lastly, lastly, a person who loves God loves to serve. Loves to serve his brother. You know, in, in the book of John, at the end of the book of John, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to St. Peter and asked him a question. He asked him, do you love me? And he asked him that question three times. Do you love me? And St. Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And then he say, feed my sheep. Then he would ask him again, St. Peter, do you love me? And then he would say, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, Tend my flock, feed my sheep. Again. And he asked him a third time. And it says the third time St. Peter was so grieved. Lord, why do you keep asking me this question? Lord, do you love me? And I was wondering, the Lord will ask each and every one of us, Lord, or Falan, do you love me? And what would we say? At least St. Peter could say, Lord, you know that I love you. For us, for me, I don't know if I could say that based on point one, two, three, four, five, and by. I don't know if I could say that. I don't know. And we will have to say that. Like the Lord will ask us, do you love me? And if we love him, we should follow what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Feed my, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. The person who loves God loves to feed the sheep. Even if it's hard. Even if the sheep don't like, like, don't like you. Even if the sheep revolt. Even if there's problems in the service. Even if there's a lot of things. Like if you think about any, type in the, any time in the service, of course there's going to be problems and mashakil and whatever. Devil mashayseeb in dunya. So... Your love for God should outweigh all the distractions and all the things that the devil is trying to hurt. I love this verse that St. Paul says in Corinthians. He says, the love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ compels me to keep going. The love of Christ is the, the electricity that fuels or that gives power to us. It's the fuel of the car. If the love of God is in you, then you have desire to... Feed the sheep. You want to bring everyone into the flock. 
You can't help to see anyone outside of the flock. You want to go after, you want to bring them in, you want to stop them from sin. You want everyone to see how beautiful it is to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And to Fakrin, the six things, voila, I quiz you. Huh? Number one, you have to hate the world. You have to hate the world. Number two, you have to recognize your sins. Feel the magnitude of your sins. And then when you see the magnitude of your sins, you will recognize the magnitude of His grace and the magnitude of His love. And this causes me to love God so much. Number three, huh? you have to love the presence of God. You have to love to be in His church. You have to love prayer. You have to love reading your Bible. You love invoking His name. Number four, you have to keep His commandments. And His commandments aren't... It's not a burden to wake up early. It's not a burden to keep vigil. It's not a burden to serve others. Not a burden... Because I love Christ. Number four, I have five. I need to love my brother. And finally, I have to serve others. I have to serve others. And glory be to God forever. Amen.